Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. He's here again. We're glad to have him back. So would you give a huge Calvary welcome this morning to uh, Santiago Guerrero? Uh, Rex having me here. Uh, I think it was like six, seven years, maybe six years ago that I was here. But I appreciate all everything you guys do for missionaries and for us uh, i am a missionary to like mormons and jehovah witnesses groups of that nature I'm, i used to be a jehovah witness myself for 12 years i uh for eight years i worked for their uh headquarters in brooklyn i was an editor for a magazine called the Watchtower, which is a, a magazine they produce in a monthly uh bi-monthly and uh i did that for about Eight years until back in '95, became a Christian. But what I do as a missionary is I do, I set up Bible studies among Mormon families, Jehovah's families. Uh, currently, right now, I meet with uh, six families, uh, six uh, five times a week, and we meet and do Bible studies and things like that, so they could understand the gospel and I answer their questions and challenge them with the truth and. And we've seen many Mormon families, many Jehovah Witnesses families come to Christ. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a Jehovah Witness family come to Christ that we have been meeting for like six months. And uh, so that's kind of the work that we do. I travel throughout the U.S. and do seminars in local churches, equipping local churches on what do Mormons believe, what do Jehovah Witnesses believe, what to say when they come knocking at your door. Uh, I do debates in universities about four times a year with Mormon apologists and Jehovah Witness representatives. But my main work is to reach out to these groups and, and try to explain to them why they, if they keep going that way, they're not going to make it. And why there's a difference between their gospel and the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I try to, to witness to them that, that way. Uh, here before covid uh, we had a, uh, we were, I had recorded a CD for Mormons in a way Mormon can understand the gospel message and it was just a five minute CD and I was going to uh, take this CDs to Salt Lake City to the Mormon General Conference. There they have it twice a year, they have it in October, they have it in April. And I'd never been to a Mormon General Conference before so I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I recorded a CD, a five minute CD sharing a gospel message for Mormons, and I put my phone number on the CD and everything for additional uh, questions to call me. Well, I did 5,000 of them, and I thought, man, surely 5,000, that's a lot of CDs. It took me months to do, to print each one and all that. And uh, so I, I went to the general conference, and I just looked around. There was like thousands and thousands of people there. And I started giving out the CDs, and there were people just grabbing them. You know, I kept passing them out. And it's, it was a five-day conference. And it wasn't even noon yet, and I ran out of CDs. 
And I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? So I just hanged around there and talked to Mormons and, and, and just witnessed to Mormons and was talking to them. But the next day, I kept getting phone calls. And the day after, people who had gotten a CD and listened to it and said, hey, I have, are you still at the conference? We have some questions for you. And I said, yeah, I'm still here. So basically, I met 50 families throughout the week that had gotten a CD and had some questions. And I stayed an additional week to meet with families two, three times and Basically, after those two weeks were, were gone, 15 families gave their life to Christ as a result of those CDs. And I had some friends who are pastors in that area, so I went uh, a month later, and they were baptized in some of these churches. And a year after, I'm like, I'm going to be a little bit more prepared. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do uh, 12,000 CDs. And I did that, and these 15 families who were Mormon, former Mormons, they were with me handing out CDs. In the conference, we had 27 families get saved. That, uh, and most of them, most of them weren't me. It was them meeting with these families because I left, and they kept meeting with them and things like that. So, that's kind of the work that we've been doing. When the COVID kit hit, we haven't done that since uh, because of the COVID. Uh, but here in October, I'm going to go again. Uh, they're not going to have the general conference. Uh, they're going to have it online only, but me and uh, 18 families, former Mormons that were, had gotten saved through the CD project, they're going to be with me handing out CDs in the temple areas, neighborhoods around the temple. We're going to be in Provo, Salt Lake, Thanksgiving Point, Lehigh, and we're going to be in those areas handing out CDs. And at that time, those CDs were costing me like $2 to make a piece. Now I have a friend of mine in Mexico who, who makes them for me for $0.76 cents a piece, so a lot cheaper. So I just say all that because the offering that I get today, uh, I'm going to use it towards that. Try to, I, I'm hoping that I could get 10,000 CDs out. And I have about enough for 5,000 CDs now. So I'm hoping that I could, I, that, that whatever it is, I'm going to use it towards that. So that's kind of our next project that we have going on. But that's kind of the work that we do is reaching out to Mormons, reaching out to Jehovah Witnesses, trying to share the gospel with them because one thing that I know for sure is they do not hear the gospel in their own church. They don't read the gospel in their own materials. It has to be somebody like myself or yourself to open the door and share your faith with them. You know, as a Jehovah Witness, I knocked on thousands and thousands of doors when I was a Jehovah Witness. And uh, rarely does a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon get challenged at the door. It's usually the other way around that happened. So I hope that uh, we think about these things when they come to our door and we could have an opportunity. Isn't that a great opportunity we, that we could share our faith with somebody who is lost? You know, come to our door. You know, we used to be mission field. It was pretty difficult. You have to go to China. You have to go to Africa. You have to go to Latin. You have to go to different places. Now they come to your door. God makes it very easy for you to share your faith with them. But <laughs> That's kind of what, uh, what the work that we do. We've been doing this since 99. So I've been doing this for, for a little while. And, and I just appreciate churches like this that help us uh, be, able to, be able to do this full time. So we thank you for all your support. Um, but I'd like to share my heart with you a little bit right now. If you have your Bible, could you open your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 7? 2 Kings chapter 7. I'll start reading at verse number 3. 
I've been thinking about this and I've been reading these verses over and over and just trying to come up with uh, what God is trying to tell me and show you. And 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 says, There were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to one another, Why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we die. So let us go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live, and if they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots, horses, and of a great army. So that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents. They ate, they drank, they took silver, gold, and clothing. They went off and hit them. They returned and entered another tent and took the same things from it and hit them also. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, the first thing that strikes me about this passage is that the first thing it says is that there were these men who had leprosy. You know, leprosy is a bad thing to have. Would you agree? You know, leprosy is something that doesn't go away. It stays, it remains, it starts with a little mark and it spreads throughout the whole body. And it's a bad thing to have leprosy. It's worse than COVID, right? You know, COVID could, could you have it and then you, sometimes then it just goes away. But leprosy is a bad thing to have. It, it was a disease involving shame, unspeakable wretchedness, misery, looking forward to a life of a future of hopeless despair. In biblical times, this leprosy was a bad thing. It was a constant increasing sore that spread from joint to joint, limb to limb, until the whole body became a putrefying mass of just a living death. In medieval times, oftentimes, a priest will, will do a burial service, a funeral service for the leper while he was still alive, before he was cast out of the city. In other words, he was dead to them. So it was a bad thing to have leprosy. You know, in the Old Testament, there had only been two people recorded in Scripture that had ever been cleansed of leprosy, healed. Only two. One of them was Moses' sister, and the other one was Naaman, the great Syrian general, who they were fighting in this war here, what we read, what we're reading. Uh, but in the New Testament, Jesus showed his power, showed his godhood, showed his deity. At one time, he cleansed 10 lepers at one time. Just cleansed them immediately. Immediately, they knew he was God when he, he did that. You know, but leprosy was a bad thing. Josephus, who was a, a, a Jewish historian, or was a Jewish historian, Josephus said that a Pharisee in biblical times, they would go to the temple 
three times a day to pray. And one of their prayers would go like this. They would say, God, I thank you that I was not born a Gentile. I thank you that I was not born a slave. And I thank you that I was not born a leper. You know, they, they feared that, this leprosy. It was a miserable condition uh, to have leprosy. And the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, it, it, it would, Moses wrote how they were to treat a leper in, through the law. Leviticus 13 says this, the person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, must let his hair be unkept, must cover the lower part of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside of the camp. What a terrible thing, wouldn't it? Be a leper. You had to wear torn clothes. Had to have your hair be unkept. You had to cover the lower part of your mouth. And when somebody came close to you, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean. They'll walk away from you. You know, what a terrible thing to have a, this leprosy. The leper was despised by family, by friends, by the community, by the society, by their country. Even they believed by God himself. After all, the word leprosy in the Hebrew means the stroke of God. The leper was shut out, not only from the society, but from the sanctuary. And to the Jew, this is the worst thing you could do because they couldn't go, they couldn't go in the Day of Atonement in Yom Kippur. They couldn't go to these places, this temple, and have their sins expiated by the priests, offer sacrifice. They couldn't do these things because they were unclean. So they were shut out by their own family, by their community, by their religion, by everything that they knew. And not only that, but there was, at this time, these four lepers were outside of the gate. They said, what do we do? We can't go in the city because there's famine in there. There was war. Israel was fighting this intense war with the Syrians, with the Arameans. And this is historically the worst war that Israel had ever faced. They were in the verge of being extinct by the Syrians, by the Arameans. There was famine and starving in Israel. The, uh, the Syrians had cut off their water supply, their food. Uh, the Bible says their result was so severe that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver. Dove feces sold for five. And the women in the city were cannibalizing their own children. This is how bad this war was in Israel. And the, these four lepers who were Jewish Israelites said, what do we do? If we stay here, we die. We can't go in the city. There's famine. They hate us there, but there's famine there. If we stay here, we're going to die. Let us fall into the host of our enemies. Let us go to the Syrians, to the Arameans. Maybe they'll spare us. Maybe they'll kill us, but we're going to die anyway. But as they were going in the morning to the camp of the Arameans, someone got there before they did. God got there before they, they did. And God made a sound of chariots and horses to come against them. And they thought, man, they're, they're, even they said, the king of Israel has hired the king of the Hittites. 
the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. So they fled and left their tents as they were. And they fled. And here comes these four lepers. They didn't know what's going on. They come into one tent. And they were pretty joyful. They, were, they found food. Remember, they were starving. They found food. They ate. They found clothing. Remember, they had to wear torn clothes. Josephus, a historian, said that they went into the kingly tents, too. That's where the real good stuff was. That's where the robes, the kingly robes, and I could imagine them kind of, try that on. Hey, let me try it on. They were pretty happy. They were trying these clothing. They were, had food, clothing, and, and then they found treasure. They found gold. They found silver. It wasn't just a little bit. It was mounds of gold and silver they found they had taken from the Israelites. So they, they found a great treasure. They found the best of garments. They had great food. Then they became a little greedy. They started hiding the treasure, burying the treasure. You know, I could imagine them, we'll come bury all this stuff, we'll come later. And retrieve it. As they were burying the treasure, something happened. Some great conviction came upon them and they said, we're not doing right. What a, what a type of the New Testament gospel message. We're not doing right, they said. We have friends, we have relatives in Israel starving to death. And we have found food and treasure. What a... What a Holy Spirit conviction that was for them that they said, let's go into the Israeli camp and tell the king what we found. In spite of the true treatment, the, true, the cruel treatment upon them by their own people, by their own friends, their own family members, they said, we're not doing right. Make a long story short, these four leprous men went into the camp of the Israelite camp and told the king what they found. And the king didn't even believe them. The king said, maybe the, maybe the Syrians hired them. So they, they can make us go there and they can ambush us. Some of the kingly, some of the king servants said, let us go. We'll go and check the story out, see if it's true. Well, they went, they checked it out, and it was true. The thing that's amazing is that these four lepers men, the whole nation of Israel, Israel would have been wiped out. There would have been no Israel today if it wasn't for these four lepers men. The whole nation of Israel was saved because they said, we're not doing right. Today is the day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, when I read that, it brings me great joy. Because if God could use four lepers men, He could use me. He could use you. You know, these four lepers, I'm, I'm so grateful that it wasn't a great king that saved Israel that time. It wasn't a great prophet or a host of prophets that saved Israel. 
it was four leprous men who said, we're not doing right. It was four men who didn't have to do anything but go. They didn't have to work. They didn't have to do all these things. God did everything for them. God caused the army of the Arameans to flee and leave. They got there and they said, we're not doing right. Today is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, leprosy is it's kind of a type of, of sin. You know, leprosy is it's in the skin. But sin, it goes deeper than the skin. It destroys the soul. We too, weren't we at one time spiritual lepers, unclean before God, outside of his covenants, outside of his graces? We were outside of the covenants if it wasn't because God come to us. You know, I like to read this verse here, Ephesians chapter 2. It's probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Paul himself, what an amazing verse. He said, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Like the rest, you were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when you were dead in transgressions. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and forwarded to the covenants of his promise without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near to the blood of Christ. Isn't that an amazing passage? We were far off, but it was God himself who came near to us. You know, that's an amazing thing for me, that God himself came to earth, born in a manger, you don't find human kings to do that. You don't find human kings. Look at our human history. You never find that a king took off his crown, took off his robe, stepped out of his throne, and went to go help a people somewhere. Those type of people send other people. They don't do it themselves. But you have this great king of scripture, this great God, who was born in a manger. Unknown for 30 years. There he was working in David's, in, in, in Joseph Carpenter's shop, unknown, but the people were supposed to know him. And then he was crucified upon a cross, spit upon his face for, for us. You, what kind of love is that? God must love us very much that he do, does that. You know, these lepers, they went into that camp, they ate, drank put on clothing, they found a treasure. Haven't we been satisfied by God's provision as well? You know, the Bible says, taste and see that God is good. We sang it this morning, God is good. He's good, isn't he? He's really good. We, have, we too have been satisfied by his provision. We too, like these leopards, have put on a new garment. Christ's righteousness upon us. We too, like these lepers, have found a great treasure, a pearl, a great price. We found this salvation you cannot buy on your own. The apostle said that he bought us not by silver or in gold, but by his precious blood. 
He purchased us. That's something you cannot do on your own. You know, in the New Testament, there was a man who, actually Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 45, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. He was cured. Jesus sent him away with a strong warning. See, see it that you don't, don't tell no one. Go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifice that Moses command you for your cleansing as a, as a testimony to them. But instead he went out and told everyone. No, Jesus said, don't say nothing. Don't, shh, quiet. What did he do? He told everyone. You know, he couldn't contain it. He couldn't contain that he didn't have to yell out, unclean anymore. But that he could yell out, I am cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You know, Jesus tells us, go and tell everyone. The Great Commission. He told him not to do anything, not to say anything. He told everybody. He tells us to tell everybody. And sometimes we keep silent. We keep it to ourselves. This is a great gospel message that we cannot keep it to ourselves. We have to tell other ones. Would you stand with me for a moment? Thank God that God used lepers. Thank God that he used people who think they couldn't do it themselves. Thank God that he uses us. Amen. You know, these lepers, I could imagine that they were pretty ugly people. You know, because they, they looked really bad. Especially these four, Josephus said that they were full of leprosy. They were just at the last stages of their life because they had the full of leprosy which usually their nose falls off, their ear falls off. It, it's a bad s scene to see lepers like that. But, you know, if God could use a leper, he could use you, he could use me. You know, this is, I think, great news for us that, that we could be used by God. Or, we could keep it to ourselves. And I remember the story of Martin Luther, who was a, the, the German reformer. And Luther, just in his deathbed, just a week before he died, he, he was interviewed by this lady. Last person to interview him and asked him, what was your great secret, she, said, she asked him, that you shook the Pope and all his cardinals put together? In all the continent of Europe with the Reformation, what was your great secret? And this is what he said. He said, I have no secret. I only live my life as if Christ died yesterday, as if he rose from the dead today, and as if he's coming tomorrow. Imagine that. I live my life as if Christ died yesterday, rose again from the dead today, and is coming tomorrow. How would you live your life? A little different. Maybe we would love more, forgive more, give more, 
You know how we would live our life? Like a Christian. Just like a Christian. Would you close your eyes here for, your, for a moment? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us. Help us live that type of life. Help us not keep it to ourselves. Help us be able to share our faith. Share the gospel message to others. Help us take the message to the spiritual lepers who are without God, outside of God's covenants. Help us bring this message to them. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Church, I'd like to thank you for all your help. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Santiago. That's a great word. Amen. So we're going to take a couple minutes here. That's a wonderful challenge for us. How are we going to live our lives differently? Because we have this treasure to take to others. So the worship team is going to come, and they're going to sing a couple songs. I'm going to invite you to worship with us this morning. And if you have a need, you can come up here to the front, and someone will meet you here to pray for you. Um, but we're just going to take a moment. So, Father, help us, like our brother said, to live our lives like you're coming tomorrow because you very well could be. Lord, we pray you help us to live our lives, to share this message. Because if you can use the lepers, if you can use the donkey, you can use us. So, Lord, help us to share with our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, the people on our teams at school, whatever it is. Father, help us to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen.